you ready to uncover the power within you? Are you ready to kick butt at life? Are you ready to get this party started? This is Shut Up and Grind. If it's about fitness, women's empowerment, personal development, small business marketing, relationships, Robert B. Foster is talking about it. Robert is a gym owner. He went from foreclosure to multiple six figures in 12 months. Helped thousands of women shed weight and inches while becoming more confident. And a six times gold medalist in the Transplant Games of America. Get ready for Shut Up and Grind. Here's your host, Robert B. Foster. Have you thought about starting your own podcast? Well, if you have, then you want to download Anchor. It's the easiest way that you can make a podcast. They give you everything you need in one place, and it's absolutely for free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, like on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts podcast and others. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So if you were thinking of starting your own podcast, you want to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. We're going to dive right in with today's topic. So we're going to talk about leveraging your business with Amazon. And I found an Amazon expert. So we actually met, well, virtually met in a challenge for getting on TV. And before the challenge was even over, she was featured all over the place. And I was like, wow, so I have to keep my eye on this one. And just because the, the, just the work ethic, what she was putting in, the content she was putting out, like I knew she was someone that I needed to follow and eventually get her in front of our audience here. So who is she? Okay, so she's a business advisor, international best-selling author, the go-to e-commerce expert for national USA media. She's been featured on many news outlets, including NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox. And she was nominated as one of the best Amazon consultants in 2020. And now she's here to share her knowledge and expertise with all of us. Please welcome the hidden rules expert, Ashley Armstrong. Welcome. Gosh, talk about an intro. I'm like, is that me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I really appreciate it. This is like super, super awesome because the coolest thing is, is actually it's going to totally fit with our um, conversation today. I have another uh, national TV segment airing literally today or tomorrow that is going to be helping brick and mortar businesses basically save themselves by pivoting and moving online to Amazon. So good timing. That's awesome. Perfect. Yeah, we'll definitely get, get into uh, into that one as well. But first, so one thing I ask all of the guests that come on the show, just in 60 seconds or less, just who is Ashley? Ah, that's a really great question. Well, for those who don't know me, I'm Ashley Armstrong, the e-commerce and rules expert, and I help established product companies find the money they're leaving on the table through my visual profitability method, which is using the science behind graphics in order to increase sales and conversion rates. And that's what I love to do at the end of the day is properly positioning product lines in order to create a uh, position online that allows them to educate the consumer, create engagement, and long-term ambassadors. Awesome. 
Good stuff. So before you got into this line of work, what were you doing? Oh my gosh, like how far back do we need to go? <laughs> let's, let's go way back. Let's go way let's back. Go let's way go way back. Okay, like, well. Like when you were a child, what did you envision yourself doing? Um, that's a really great question. When I was a child, well, I'm an ex-pro skier, so I grew up in a pro-athletic family, Olympic background with my father. Every single person in my family is, generally speaking, a pro athlete in some aspect, lacrosse, hockey, weightlifting, skiing, well, <laughs> you awesome. name it, everyone's doing something. Uh, <laughs> and so being that my father was such He's the grandfather of the snow sport industry. You know, he's been to and worked for Olympics, but the Canadian national ski team, I envisioned myself wanting to support the Olympic team like he had a different capacity, mind you. But that was kind of my my first real goal for the most part was traveling the world, you know, supporting athletes and, um, you know, being an athlete myself as well. That was like the very first, like, this is what I want to do when I'm young age, if someone was going to ask me. <laughs> That's a, that's a hell of an answer. <laughs> good stuff. Right? Yeah, and right. pretty good role models, let's, let's just say. When you're, <laughs> when you're hanging around with Olympic athletes all the time, you know, big brothers and whatnot, it really, you know, levels up your game at a young age. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and that goes back to the saying that you are the sum of the five people that you hang out with. So it's pretty fitting. Even myself, I'm the youngest of seven, and we were, oh. all, we were all athletes as well. I mean, not to the professional level, but but we were all athletes, so constantly pushing each other and encouraging each other. And I was the youngest. I mean, I, I am the youngest of the seven. So watching all of them, it just drove me. I'm like, I want that. Like, I want medals. I want ribbons. I want trophies. And you know, it just drives your work ethic. So I completely understand. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. So from so from there. So once you realize you weren't going to go that direction, what was next? Well, really, at the at the end of the day, just to kind of, you know, pinpoint a little bit of that backstory, being that I not only competed in the snow sport industry, but I was also taught, you know, schools and hundreds of, you know, snow pros and put on races that you'd see on TV and set up all the courses and all that other fun stuff. And I was one of the few female reps in the industry as well, especially back in that day. Uh, and I end up having one of those experiences that a lot of women, unfortunately, end up experiencing where we get called out from you know, a coworker who's known us for a very long time saying that we don't belong there. You know, there were women and we shouldn't have the jobs and their sons should have it. And, you know, one of those things in front of a very large group of people Wow! in the industry. And from that moment, I literally walked out of the room and never went back on snow again until about two weeks ago. So that was, you know, almost 15 years Wow! later, basically. And so that kind of was like the straw that broke the camel's back that allowed me to go, you know what, I was born and raised into this industry. I went to school for it. I volunteered. I worked every angle for it. I absolutely love it. But this is just too much. And I walked out. And from there, I ended up trading the snow for sand <laughs> <laughs> and headed on down to Cabo St. Lucas, Mexico for almost 14 years. Oh, wow. And you know, started a family and, you know, tons of little businesses out of my home and, and locally and whatnot. So I really it really propelled me into the entrepreneurial space because when you are an expat in another country, there really isn't anything for you to do, especially job wise. So you have to yeah. create your own. And, you know, I started obviously with creating local ones, which I've always been a serial entrepreneur. You know, even when I was a kid, I'd be making clay ashtrays at the beach, drying them in the sun and walking around trying to sell them for 25 cents. Like it's just one of those things I just can never get, you know, get rid of. So 
when I was in was in Cabo, I was the local naturopath and the childbirth educator and created a big, huge community of local moms, about 1,500 members that I still run to this day, nine years later, 10 years later, and, um, you know, providing support, education, and whatnot. And so, you know, every step of the way of kind of going through this process of having to learn how to make my own income to help support my family, you know, from my laptop, basically, it really propelled me into the area that I'm in right now. And, and so, what I was actually doing is I was cultivating growing my own bacteria in my kitchen <laughs> and making probiotic drinks, which, you know, this is way before Whole Foods even knew what probiotic drinks were. And it yes. was amazing because they're, you know, it's one of those things that's amazing for hangovers. And when you live in, you know, Cabo, it's, it's a party town, right? Everyone comes down to go on vacation, they go to the bars or at the beach. And so, you know, I was like selling those things like hotcakes because it was the perfect hangover cure among obviously the health benefits, but people loved it for that yeah. particular reason. Exactly. And I was just like, how do I figure this thing out to make it like on a grand scale? So I spent about a year trying to figure out how to manufacture it, how I can like, you know, get it international and get it online and, you know, all that other fun stuff. And everywhere I turned, it was just like big roadblock, big roadblock, 150 grand. You need 150 grand to do this. And I'm just like, how do I 150 grand? How do I figure this out? And because of that, it really springboarded me into understanding, you know, there's mentors, there's training programs, and so on and so forth. So I just dove headfirst into anything and everything I can wrap my brain around and published six children's books, manufactured products, built a seven-figure business. And, you know, a decade later, here I am helping, you know, multi-million dollar companies and, and sellers get themselves up and going um, at any stage really is what it is. So it, it's been a really amazing adventure, <laughs> to yeah. say the least. Sure sounds like it. <laughs> so people so people who tune into the show, they know I like to dive deep into the backstory. You know, before, Ooh, before like we even get into everything else. So so like whenever you see me look away, it's because I'm writing stuff down. <laughs> and so you said you said a couple things that really stood stood out there. The the first one was, you know, you were born into that industry, you went to school for it, you know, you you belong there. And then to receive that type type of heat, what was it like as you were preparing to walk away? Um, that's a, oh my gosh, you are really, you do go deep. Holy crap, this is like the most like intimate sort of questions I've had on, on most of my interviews. What was it like? Well, you know, I was young, you know, out of out of college, and you know, I did travel a bunch between Canada and the U.S., so I wasn't totally sheltered by any stretch of the imagination. It's because I was competing ski racing as well, so I did have yeah. a chance of, of sort of seeing other perspectives and other ways of life and whatnot, but it was really just kind of one of those where I ended up questioning myself as to, is this what I really love to do? Like, is this, like, is this my zone of genius? Is this do I wake up and all I think about is putting on the gear and getting on snow? And really at that time, it was really at that crossroads. And I'm actually grateful that that happened, even though, of course, it's, you know, negative and no one wants to be yelled at in front of a whole group of <laughs> co-workers <laughs> that they shouldn't, they don't belong there by any means. But it really slapped me in the face of like, number one, you know, of course, we have to second guess ourselves. Do I even belong here? Like, what the hell am I doing? Why am I working so hard or whatnot? But it really made me realize that it was not. I love it was it was not something that I absolutely loved like my father lives and breathes it he has to be outside he has to be in the cold weather he has to be on snow and I love it that his passion is so inspiring and even to this day he still holds the same passion if not more but for myself I'm just like yep 
this is a good time to to make a move and and, and pivot. And to be quite honest with you, my actual pivot, like job wise, is yeah. I want to become a manager for video stores. Wow. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Like That's a completely left town in the mountain. And I'm like, what can I possibly do? And it's, you know, in a four season destination resort town, which is not a lot to do. And, and you know, I was in Whistler um, in those types of towns. And I'm like, well, there's the movie gallery. <laughs> and, uh, you know, lots of manager experience and whatnot. So I ended up taking that. And it really allowed me to completely, like, separate myself from my identity. Everything that I knew who I was, where I was, what I was supposed to be doing, where I was supposed to be going. And it, and it gave me about six to eight months worth of time to just you know, decompress and figure out who the hell is Ashley? <laughs> what does she want to do? Where does she want to go? So yeah, yeah. it was uh, interesting. That That's kind of the crossroads. It allowed me to second guess with if it was a love of my life and if it was my zone of genius. See, and that's exactly why I ask these questions because sometimes when, when people see the finished product with the seven-figure businesses all, all over national TV, sometimes people forget that we're human beings, you know, yes. that, we're human beings, that we go through emotions, we go through trials, we go through, uh, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not a million dollar earner yet, but I'm just saying, but like, and people just, they don't realize that we started out right where they are. And so 100% so this show is about overcoming obstacles. So when I first started doing it, you know, like everyone just wanted to share all that, the happy go, go lucky stuff right out of the gate. And it's like, no, it's like, I want to know, how'd you get there? Like, how did that make, make you feel? Like, did you have to face your parents? Did you have to tell your kids something? Like, because that's what people are struggling with now. There are people yeah. right now who are working in, the, in a job where they're not fulfilled. And they're asking themselves, like, like you just said, who am I? You know, it's like, who am I? It's like, this is what, you know, the world says I should be, but yeah. I don't want to be there. You know, so like the purpose of this show is to reach that person that's sitting at that crossroad. And then we bring on people like you who have amassed amazing success. And then we talk about how you got there, you know, so maybe we can move them to take action. So that's why I go, I go deep with these questions. I love it. I love it. I wish we had this when I was younger because it would have really helped me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And so another, another big thing you said was about the zone of genius. And I think mm. a lot a lot of people don't understand that they have one. And myself Sweet. included. So I, I spent 20 years as a restaurant manager, but I've always had dreams of being on TV, being some type of a performer, you know, just something like honestly, I want I wanted to be a game show host. <laughs> oh, I love that. Because <laughs> I just like to be goofy and make people laugh, have fun, you know, meet new people. And it's like I'm kind of doing that now with the podcast. And I do uh, motivational speaking as well. But like as I was going through that process in the restaurant, I just, there was just this one day where I was just sitting in my car. I didn't even go in the restaurant. Yeah, I was just sitting in my car, staring at the building, saying like, this is not what you were supposed to be doing. Like, it's just not, you know? And so, and it seems like every guest I've had on, I mean, you're like the 70th one now. Everyone has said that at some point. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, so once you made that choice, like how quickly did you pivot? Well, I've been pivoting consistently all the time. Like that's the beautiful thing about life is that we are pivoting. And as we get older, we get become more mature, we become wiser. You know, in my early years, all I wanted to do was 
prove myself. You know what I mean? Of course, I want to prove myself to my dad. Like, we all have these, like, backstories of, like, these anchors yeah. and people you want to, like, you know, show up for and prove, you know, that I can do it and, and whatnot. And, you know, really at the end of the day, it just ends up making you think and feel like I should be here. I should be at this point or, or whatnot. But really, the entire thing is a journey. Like, you're always pivoting. And luckily for me, I did pivot a few industries, which are big pivots. You know, I went from, you know, pro skiing, and then I went into, you know, like managerial roles just to kind of pay the bills for a while. And then I went into creating my own practice out of my home, which is, you know, natural medicine and then childbirth education. So I was pivoting industries and I just kind of kept going and falling into something that interests me and that I loved. But what I find that a lot of like what you're saying, kind of to your point is a lot of times people, we get into a role and we feel like, sometimes like that's our role like you have to stay there you have to stay in line like that's it but it's like no this is just a chapter dude (laughs) (laughs) this is is a learning experience like you may not like this forever you might enjoy something for six months like it's not for me i'm gonna do something a little bit different and completely pivot now mind you in the last decade i have stayed within the same industry but i've pivoted my focus on how i'm helping people and how Mm. i'm showing up and delivering my services or whatnot to them um, or for my, my own businesses and or for the companies that I consult or whatnot. So the pivot's never ending and I'm not done pivoting. I'm still pivoting right now. 2020 forced me to repivot yet again. And, um, you know, I'm launching brand new website should be launched by today or tomorrow. Like that's a pivot, you know, new offers. That's a pivot. You know, I'm literally working on a TV show right now. Can't say oh, anything right. more than that. They were produced, going to be producing. That's a whole nother pivot. So I just enjoy life as it's, it's one is chapters. Two, I don't have to be anywhere I don't want to be. Three, I'm going to enjoy every bump and bruise and trial and error and triumph and when I could possibly can. And, um, you know, I just kind of like all by the grace of God, you know, leave it up to the universe. Like if I take action, I show up I follow through, you know, default, really default to action is really what that is. Then, you know, I'm ready and the universe will provide when you're ready. So that's kind of what I do. Just be ready and then put my hands up. (laughs) I love that, and and I'm I'm so glad that in all the, all that you just shared that the word failure never came up because I actually just wrote in my book that to me there's no such thing thing as failure as long as you keep as long as you keep moving because I've done the same thing I tried selling with this company I tried doing insurance I tried doing something else it's like you know it's like the things they aren't for me it's like just because I chose to move away from it it doesn't make it a failure like if you just stop doing things. That's when it's a failure. So I love that. Yep. I love that story. If I tried this, yeah, that's not for me. I tried this, yeah, that's not for me. And I figured that's how you find your zone of genius. You, you, you keep trying yeah. new things until you find the thing that lights your soul on fire. So 100%. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. You know, I've, I've written about it in, in a few books that I've participated in. And my go-to term that I've coined is like, how much are you flexing your failure muscle? Because we're so ingrained in school and young ages that failure is such a negative thing. You know, don't get enough and whatever. And I think that's a bunch of crap, personally. Yep. So with my children, the word failure is more like, what did you fail at today? And we spit into a positive. Well, I didn't do so great with this. And the lesson that I learned from that is this. And I'm going to do this better next time. So it's even though they hear that word, I'm trying to spin it into a positive, like, what's the lesson learned? What's the silver yep. lining? How can we kind of move forward? And it's like any other muscle in your body, the more you flex it, the stronger it gets. And so if you have failures, we want to coin that term, 
the more you fail, the easier it is for you to get back up and going again. Because it's just, you know what I mean? You're like, oh, I've been here before. I've done this. Like, I've got to just get back up and take action again. And it will just work itself out. So you just become quicker with your reaction. So, you know, how, you know, how much are you flexing your failure muscle is, uh, is a term that I absolutely love uh, to sort of speak about and, and making sure that I agree with you 100% people are on the same wavelength with that because, you know, that's the beautiful silver lining of it all. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, using, using sports as an example, it's kind of like baseball. Yeah. You know, you, you hit over three, 300, you know, and I think they say 300 to make it sound better. But, and it's like, that's a solid hitter. But, like, that means out of 10 pitches, you miss seven. <laughs> you know, but, but that's still a success. And same thing in basketball. You know, if you shoot over 60, you make over 60% of your shots. That's great. Again, out of 10, you know, you're going to miss four. So, like, yeah. You know, no one's 100% all the time. So you get the people, again, that are sitting on the fence thinking everything has to be perfect before they start. It's like, no, it doesn't. Just start. If you just get started, add little pieces along the way. You know, it's like you didn't just roll out of bed and and become who you were. Like, there was a journey along the way. So, So now, as you did your pivot to where you head to what you're doing now, what was that process like? Oh, wow. Well, it was, it's it's like literally everything underneath the sun. It's exciting and terrifying and sitting on the floor in a fetal position, bawling my eyes out, having a panic attack, like the Mm. entire rainbow of emotions, you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, wisdom is such a beautiful thing. And age, I celebrate all my birthdays. Like I'm 39, I freaking have no problem sharing that. Everyone's like, why do you like because I love my birthdays I love getting older because it's just another opportunity for me to step into like whatever this world is going to provide me and yeah. so you know when we're when we're talking about you know what does it look like well I experience every emotion underneath the sun I second guess myself all the time and you know with the trials and the errors that I've had I've really grew into the fact that you know done is better than perfect because when I was younger I wanted it to be perfect so you're always in that like comparisitis role you're always in that you know second guessing second guessing is this right is this right and you never actually launch you never actually do anything you keep working on the nitty-gritty and that and or I would move too fast instead of like making sure I'm crossing my t's and dotting my i's you know what I mean like it's like you know measure twice cut once kind of scenario when I was younger I totally did not do that because I was just had a I just wanted to prove myself and then I would do it so wrong I guess you could say that I prove myself I get the job done but it would be a shitty job so like, yeah. there's that fine line between you know the perfectionism and then taking action and whatnot um and you know until the day I die I'm going to still go through the roller coaster of emotions and, and pivoting in my life whether it's pivoting in relationships pivoting with my children they're pre-teens now so I've had to pivot from a you know an ankle biter into the pre-teens now we're coming into the teens and every three months to six months I'm pivoting with my children you know, yeah. so we're always pivoting, we're always kind of moving forward. And, you know, and, and for me, what I have, I'm pretty comfortable with explaining like where I totally screwed up with people. I'm a pretty open book for the most part, because yes. I didn't really have great, I didn't really have that type of mentorship, especially from a female. Growing up within my profession, I've always had male role models male mentors, and I love them because I'm definitely a pit bull in a china shop. So <laughs> I run hard, I run fast, give me what I need to do. I might hurt my feelings for a minute, I might cry for a minute, but I'll like, you know, brush myself off, get back up and go again. The sports yeah. definitely helped, obviously, with that aspect. Um, but really, at the end of the day, 
I've really learned, like you said, like the five closest people around you is that, you know, like that's kind of who you emulate. That's the vibrational tendencies that you're going to have. And I know now that, you know, I can't see the picture when I'm inside the frame. I'm beautifully amazing at helping so many other people, but helping myself, not so much. Like I know what I want to do. I might have a map. I might have like, you know, pinpoint my pathway, but I still need that outside perspective. I need someone to look at what I'm doing and, and see it from a completely different viewpoint because again, you can't see the picture when you're inside the frame. So where, what that was like and where I'm going, I'm always going to make sure that I'm always surrounded myself with really amazing mentors, usually three at a time, really amazing professionals, all from different industries, all from different walks of life, all with different personalities because they all bring something really amazing to the table. And every time that I'm doing something now, I ask for help all the time, which was very hard for me to figure that out. But, you know, as I said, I'm becoming, I'm getting into my 40s and I'm feeling like I'm on fire right now. And I'm just like, I'll ask everybody and anybody for help now because I'm just like, it's allowed me to propel myself moving forward so rapidly. And you, you end up getting cheerleaders and you get raw rawers and you get people who are in your corner because they understand your dreams, your goals. And so you end up creating this community that's just like a tribe that you yes. did it unconsciously, you know what I mean? So it's it's really, really amazing. So that's kind of, you know, the pathway that I've been on and I'm and I'm going to continue to repeat that pathway until the day I die because it's it just makes life more fun. Yeah, and it's obviously working for you. <laughs> so far, so good, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, so I love that you stressed asking for help because a, a lot of people struggle with that. And even a lot, a lot of females, like I, I work with mo with mostly women, like a lot of females almost feel like they don't want to, you know, like, like they have something to prove. And, you know, what I try, what I try to stress is like, you don't have anything to prove to anyone but you, but you could like, for, for me, I know where my strong points lie. And I also know what I suck at. <laughs> you know, so like, I'm not going to try to try to mask it, you know, <laughs> like, like the accounting, the you know, I'm not the best at following up, you know what I mean? So, like, I know where my shortcomings are. Put me in front of the camera, give me a microphone, I can go all day long. Doesn't matter. I can MC, I can host, I can podcast host. Like, it doesn't matter. But that is my zone of genius. If someone's feeling down on themselves, I can make them feel invincible. Like, they can plow right through a, right through a brick wall. Like, that's what lights me up. But the other stuff... I have no problems asking, hey, can you check this out for me? Can you look this over for me? It's like, that's that's huge. And people yeah. have to understand, like, I know it's being in independence, like the, the big thing, but we're, we weren't made to be independent. Like we were made yeah. to work together. And when you work together, I mean, two brains, four eyes, four hands are way better than just two and two, way better. So 100%. stress that. Yeah. And, you know, when you bring up that point, the thing that I, I think a lot of people need to also put a little bit of a highlight on is when you're working a nine to five job. Now, let's just take COVID, obviously, out of the picture and, and what's kind of happening right now. But when you're working a nine to five job, you go into an office space with other people and there's different departments and there's different people who are in charge of different aspects and tasks to run and operate that business. So you can literally turn around and go, hey, what do you think of this and get that perspective? And that's exactly what we're talking about here today. But most people don't realize that they actually have that already. Right. Yeah. But then when you move into the solopreneur role, now you become isolated, lonely. Where do I do? Where do I go? I don't have someone just to turn around and have just a conversation just to kind of lighten up the mood. I'm feeling bad. or I'm having a hard time right now or something happened to my cat or I'm trying to accomplish this. What do you think? What do you think of this design? What do you think of this? Whatever. 
So when you get when we when we pivot from being in a community, whether we realize it or not, when we had that support system and that safety net and that sounding board into yep. the entrepreneurial space, you have to create that for yourself in order to have the same sort of, you know, engagement with your life and, and feedback and support or whatnot. And that's one thing when I'm speaking to people who want to become entrepreneurs, I, I really want to pull back that curtain. You know, like the Wizard of Oz behind it, like this is what's really going on. Like this is what you need to be aware of. Is this going to fit for you? Do you think this works with your personality or your work ethic? Or da, 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 da. And can you handle being alone? And you know, if you know that you don't like being alone, well then start building up that support system around you as fast as possible. You know what I mean? So you can, you know, take those actionable steps that allow you to propel yourself moving forward with this in mind. So yeah. Okay, so a couple 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 times you've said this now about creating your own. You had said when you first got to Mexico, there weren't, weren't a lot of jobs around. So you had to create your own. And then just even now, if you don't have that support system, you got to create your own. Great. You yeah. know, like, yep. That's, that's like the essence of this show, you know, shut up and grind. It's like, just whatever you need, you got to just put your head down and you got to get it done. You know, you got to get it done. And you, you are proof that that works <laughs> you know it works you can it's so easy to make excuses it's so easy to procrastinate it's so easy to yep. blame other people why you are where you are but once you take accountability you know because i used to do that myself oh this happened because of my business partners this happened because my ex wasn't supportive or this happened because of whatever and it's like you know what i let all that happen you know so like once yes. you just take, take all that responsibility now it's on me to fix it you know, and now that now I'm motivated to fix it instead of sitting around sulking, pointing fingers. So that's awesome. Yeah, I love right. that. So when did you discover the power of Amazon? The, um, that was about a decade ago, well, over that now, when I um, wrote and published six children books for my mm -hmm. kids about my kids in case I died early one day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. I literally, all the illustrations are about them, our family, and how to be an entrepreneur, and how to deal with bullies, and, you know, how to, you know, create vision boards, and things of that nature, so if I happen to not be here, I wanted to leave some life lessons for them, just in case, that's just kind of how my brain works, I'm always preparing my children for as far in the future as possible, yes. um, so that was, like, my, sort of, my very first you know, I suck at writing, I can't write, I could barely read, especially in school, you know, I was always in the moderate classes, I had to work my butt off and take every summer school I possibly could just to qualify to even apply to college, like, it, well, like that background was very hard, right, let's just say, for, for the most part, so wanting to write and publish a book was something I didn't think I could do, but I challenged myself, and I did it, and I got a couple of bestsellers, which was pretty cool, um, you know, and the, the books really are just for my kids for the most part. They're, it's a, it's a, you know, one of those love things that you kind of do, yeah. but going through that process, working with illustrators, working with copywriters and people from all over the world and learning how to communicate and how to direct and how to, you know, try to get whatever it is that you're trying to get across these people who are helping with the project and then getting it up, you know, and using Amazon and launching it on there. And then of course, you know, trying to drive like the SEO and the sales and everything else along those lines. I'm just like, holy crap, like this is, this is a pretty powerful platform. Like this is pretty freaking cool, you know? And I was manufacturing products out of my home, as I mentioned before, the probiotic drink. And I was yep. still trying to figure out like, how do I take this thing to the masses? And so I was, I was working on those things basically at the exact same time. So they're paralleling each other. And it's just like every step of the way of working on one project, it, pro it provided like epiphany for the other one. And then I was just like, okay, well, 
having a consumable product that needs to be refrigerated that, you know, all these science and all the FDA things like that's just a little bit, you know, too much for me to bite off right now. But, you know, if I had something that's small, lightweight and, you know, has, you know, limited liability and da, 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 I'm like, okay, like the books, like this is something I can kind of get behind. And so that was really what propelled me into that space was the books and trying to manufacture a product and realizing not a great manufacturer and not a great product to manufacture as a beginner. <laughs> and from there, it was just, you know, basically, you know, finding, devel developing products, finding holes in the market, having a team of 12 in, in uh, Shenzhen, China, and, you know, just developing products and shipping them, you know, across the world and getting them online and into people's homes and solving a problem for the most part. So that was, that was a pretty cool experience to say the least. So, yeah. That's awesome. Love it. Everything you say is just gold. <laughs> it's all gold. As I knew it would, would be. That was why I sought you out. <laughs> all right. So well, I appreciate when, it. When did you decide to take it to, to other businesses? Sorry, say that again? When did you decide to start helping other businesses? That's a really great question. Um, you know, with with the whole sort of sports <clears throat> background I was always not only was I competing but I was always a coach I was always a trainer mm. and I've been like that ever since as a kid I would learn how to do a dance lesson from a dance routine at the age of six and I turn around and try to teach it to all the neighborhood kids ah, it's just like again one of those innate things and you know when you end up having success people start noticing and then people start reaching out and people start asking for help and I'm like all the power to you I'll give you a leg up this is how you do this like this is how you start a business this is how you publish a book like I just give the people the information so they're able to accomplish their goals. And that just kind of came naturally. But what really solidified it is I ended up partnering with um, Dan Hollings, who's a very big name in the Amazon and internet marketing space. He actually launched the book and the movie, The Secret, that $350 million campaign was run by him. And so I partnered him with him for six years and basically did everything you could possibly think of underneath the sun, training, mentoring, coaching, software tools, everything you can kind of think of. Um, in that space with him and it was really an eye-opener experience because I got to work with like thousands of different sellers but then I was also consulting multi-million dollar companies as well and it was really interesting to see even if you're a 10 million dollar company or you are only making you know five grand a month or even a thousand dollars a month a lot of the times they end up having the exact same problems it's just the revenue generation is a little bit different you know what I mean and I always I'm like man this is pretty freaking weird you know and so having that correlation between, you know, work with so many different people and, you know, creating the training and the mentoring and all this different stuff and, and figuring out where those holes in the market are, I really end up figuring out that there's a few things that I love to do, and that's helping companies leverage what they already have. Because it's shiny object syndrome everywhere we go. Everyone has a tool or a strategy or something that makes you spend money in order to make money, generally speaking. And people get really excited about this and they end up, you know, spending months building a sales funnel or whatever, you know, hiring copywriter, then getting the pictures done, then, da, 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 then setting up all the back end tools. And it takes a very, very long time to kind of get yourself, you know, to the path of cash. And with the amount of time and energy I've had to work with so many different people, I realized, well, crap, you don't have to do all of that. And you actually shouldn't do that until the foundation of the business is set and loaded. So let's see what you have and let's leverage what you have right now, create that solid positioning, that solid foundation so that when you do build that out, you're ready to convert. 
And so it, it really allowed me to realize there's just a few little strategies that I love to just to focus and hone in on and use pretty much nine times out of 10. There's a million things obviously that I can shed light on and provide direction to, but I just really was able to hone in on where's my zone of genius in this particular space. And uh, it was a really amazing experience that allowed me to get to where I am right now. That's awesome. Yeah, I went to a mastermind meeting with Eric Thomas's group. He's a motivational speaker, if you haven't heard of him. And so it was called Masters of the Game. And I was definitely the oddball out in that room. So, so but it was about people who wanted to scale their businesses. I mean, which I did. And so I think I just got invited because I had bought their VIP package. And so I got to have dinner with him and his team. And as we're all talking, we're swapping ideas and he invited me to come. I guess I guess I sounded like I was more successful than, than I actually was at the time. <laughs> so so anyway, so just to go along with what you just shared. So there was a couple there and the guy, he was he was just like so down as they're describing their business. And he's like, we're just stuck and we just don't know how to get unstuck. And I'm thinking he's like on the verge of losing his house or something. It's like they can't get past the 30 million dollar mark. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like. I'll switch. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll gladly take that problem, but you're absolutely right. It's like most people, regardless of what stage you're at, like I said, the, the human needs are all the same. So it doesn't matter if you're at 30 million trying to get to 50 or if you're at 50 grand trying to get to 100 grand. You know, yeah. it, it's pretty much you have to take the same steps regardless of where yes. you are. 100%. 100%. And I just love how... I love that you like, I love this conversation because it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> same wavelength, same wavelength. This is awesome. Yes. Yeah. And because and a lot of it too, and that's why I like to start with the backstories because I used to do the whole talking points thing. But right. um, I just, it, it just did, it just didn't flow to, to the way my mind works. You know, it's, it's like, I want to get into your mind. Like as you're talking, I picture you going through each step and then mm -hmm. I write down the things that stand out. You know, and they said, said, let's expand on that. Let's expand on that, <laughs> you know. All right, so, all right, so now you help multi-billion dollar com com companies find, find ways to leverage their business. Can small businesses use this principle as well? Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, That's the beautiful thing about it. Nope, sorry. You got it cut out there. Oh, sorry. I, I was just saying because a lot of them are hurting right now. Yes, they, they are. And, you know, that's, again, I like to try to help people as best as I possibly can, you know, give people a leg up, provide that clarity. It's really what it is at the end of the day, no matter how much masterminds you go into or how much training programs we have or schooling or education or whatever, usually at the end of the day, all we want is to have a sounding board, just someone to say, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm trying to accomplish. What do you think? You know, so I love to kind of give that leg up as best as I possibly can and providing that clarity. Because as soon as you have clarity, it's like you're off to the races. Like, no one's yes. going to hold you back. That's the most beautiful thing about having someone like a mentor to speak to. Um, but yeah, so it's like, hmm, you know, if I was going to do anything, it would really be about helping the general population, especially right now, which is why a lot of my TV segments right now are getting picked up like crazy because it's all about helping the general public. So it's like how to make money from home, you know, how to you know make money with your voice, how to start an e-commerce business for $500. And the one that's going to be airing tomorrow is, you know, helping brick and mortar businesses, you know, save their business by pivoting online and, and whatnot. And so really at the end of the day, every single thing that we do, every platform, every niche, they all have their own hidden rules. 
right? They all have, you know, and until you go in it, until you've done it, you just don't know it, which is why yeah. it's so important to hire the people to give you that, you know, that Sherpa effect, you know, to walk you through so that you can fast track, you know, whatever it is that you're doing instead of trying to figure it out on your own and making all the mistakes and wasting time, money and energy or whatnot. But yeah, so it's just like, if there's anything that I could possibly do to help the general public, I'm 100% there. And then when it comes to people within the e-commerce space, within my space, there's nothing more exciting than, you know, helping a seller, you know, reach their $100,000 a month or $250,000 a month, or of course, you know, into the millions or whatever, which is why I have a woman in e-commerce mastermind community right now, which is literally that. It's just a safe space. They just ask questions and I answer them. And if I don't have the answers, then I have 25 other guest experts ready to go to come in to answer the questions for them. <laughs> so it's like an evolving summit, you know, for the <laughs> most part. So it, that's the, the coolest thing about realizing, as you were saying before, creating your community, getting yourself in the right place, and then just helping the next person um, you know, move themselves forward with just a little bit of information. Sometimes they can take that entire roadblock away from them and then, you know, the sky's the limits for them. And that's invigorating for me. I love that part. That's the coolest thing. Yeah. I, I say that too, like watching people go from, I can't, to I can, it's like, that's, yeah. that's the part. you know, and mine started with fitness, you know, helping, helping my fitness clients, you know, they're coming in, they have no stamina, they can't run up the hill. You know, they got to swing little dinky kettlebells and then you fast forward a few months and they're, they're like, Rob, I want that one. You know, tell me, I want, I want that kettlebell. It's like, oh, no more paperweights, huh? They're like, nope, no more. And, you know, this one woman, she, she ran around the entire building without stopping. When she started, she couldn't squat. She's got pins in, in her ankles and she, she cried. Like she broke down in tears. She's like, I did it without stopping. And I was like, those are the moments that I live for. And as I'm pivoting into business coaching, it's the same thing. It's like people just, they just get lost. And I was there too. I hired a business coach and, and it, again, it changes everything. He's like, like, well, yeah. no, just do this, this, and this today. That's it. Don't do anything else. Yes. He knows how my mind works. So I'm that guy with 30 tabs op open on my, my laptop. It's like, Ooh, I haven't, Ooh, I haven't, I haven't dragged yet. No squirrel syndrome. So yep. helping you're not the only one. Yes. <laughs> you know, helping people get dialed in. It's like, that's what it's all about. So, all right. So how do, how do, so how do you find the people that, that you work with? That's a really great question. Nine times out of 10, anyone that I've consulted, they were all referrals. So that's a beautiful thing. Obviously it's not a business model that really works, generally speaking of having consistency, but I've always worked with referrals really at the end of the day and it's from conferences it's from speaking in summits it's from just helping anyone out uh as i said before you know i'm a very big believer in having mentorship and putting myself around the people who inspire me who can help me get to the next level so you know one thing that i have that goes for me very well is that i have no problem investing in myself and i had no problem investing in myself right from the get-go so yeah. it really helped me you know what i mean because it's just like if you want to get to the next level then pay to get a seat at the table next to the person who inspires you who's already doing it so you can learn from them and then get to know their circle of friends and whatnot yes. um so i usually always have three mentors at a time in three different areas of my business um you know really at, at the end of the day it, it always kind of comes and goes but i usually have someone that's in the mindset aspect i do hypnotherapy as well i have someone that's in sales i have someone in my pr media and um, and then I have someone that's helping me scale my business. 
And then, you know, I focus on just like you say, one to three projects at a time. And that's it. Very hard for me as well. <laughs> and, and then when you also when you're only working on a few different things and you're holding yourself accountable for those few different things, the mentors, the people that you have put in place to help guide you can also yeah. stay on track with you as well. Because if you're all over the goddamn place and the mentor can't help you because they're trying to hone you in and you keep going over here and they're like, no, focus on this. And if you're not looking at the same thing, then obviously you're not going to move forward. So that that's really what I like to sort of do at the end of the day. And with that, it's allowed me to really figure out my new pivot, you know, which I spent the last year and a half figuring out. Like a lot of people have with 2020. What's this new pivot going to look like and and whatnot? So it's 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 been exciting for sure terrifying as well <laughs> and I know there's a part of that question that I'm not answering right now because I like went off on a tangent that's okay <laughs> see like I said that's why I like I like the organic you know I like the, this organic conversation because it takes you where your brain kind of wants you to go anyway you know versus yeah. stay within the parameters of the talking points it's like no like I want you to just speak you know like whatever you feel in that moment that's that's what what we want to hear you know, like, and that's what the audience is. I love it because every time we do TV or like really high, high priority, like you know, like interviews or whatever, it's like talking points, just just sound yeah. bites. That's all you want: sound bites, sound bites, sound bites. So I'm like, you know, you get really good at like chomping it all in as fast yeah. as possible. And now I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm free. I'm like a wild horse. Let the rain. Like, oh my god, what was I talking about again? Oh my gosh, like, <laughs> this is dangerous. <laughs> no, just. You're so right. Yeah, the, the last interview I did for TV, it was probably about 15 minutes long, and they aired about 45 seconds of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. oh, like, yeah, yeah, it didn't air any of the major points I made, but okay. <laughs> well, what can you do? Yep. And my daughter, learn, right? Yes. <laughs> my daughter actually just made um, an Amazon associate account. And um, nice. yeah, I came home from teaching my, my fitness classes, and she, She's like, come here, I want to show you something. Because like, I told her about Fiverr and how you can find people to, to make stuff for you. And so she had an entire site created. Like she, she wants to sell home decor products. And it's loaded with, with items on there. I was like, like you did that? And she, she's like, no. She's like, no, I had the girl on, on Fiverr deal, but loaded it all up for her. She only paid 70 bucks to have yeah. that site made. You know, so just to the people li listening, because people always think you have to have thousands of dollars to get started in business. Oh, and gosh, that's no. So not the case. Maybe, maybe, maybe 50 years ago before all this technology, but now, yeah. absolutely not. Yeah, it's always good to obviously have, well, the first thing is you have to invest time, money, and energy, no matter what you're doing, whether it's a business or, you know, trying to get fit and healthy, you have the gym, time, money and energy in order to accomplish anything that's for sure and of course having the money in order to properly invest into the business is going to give you a leg up a hundred percent obviously but you don't need to have a huge stack of cash sitting underneath your bloody bed like one you can leverage credit you can leverage friends you can get investors and you can find inexpensive ways like you had just said by using platforms like fiverr for individuals who live on the other side of the world or somewhere else where their means of living, the cost of living is so low. So therefore their dollar per hour is very feasible for us. Like I lived in Mexico for almost 14 years. And like a day pay, you'd be lucky if you got $10 US a day. And that's mm. like 12 hours, right? Wow. So like I had full-time maids and nannies with my children, which is one of the biggest 
things that helped me, especially with at starting the business, is I had someone, you know, helping with the cleaning and everything else along those lines. But, you know, she was like $3 an hour, $4 an hour. So it was really easy for me to not be domestic because yeah. the more domestic you are, the less money you make because you're obviously putting less time and energy into your revenue channels. Whereas if you can have someone else come in there, like it's like categorizing $10 an hour tasks, $1,000 an hour tasks, put yourself in the $1,000 hour tasks and, you know, get someone else to do the $10 an hour tasks as best yeah. as you can. And when I started my, when I started my e-commerce business, I literally invested a thousand dollars. That was $1,126 for my very first bit of inventory. And I literally threw that thing up there. I got, I was very, very blessed. I'm great at finding holes in the market. I don't know what it is, but I always just find these holes in the market and I get my products go from zero to 30, 30 grand in 30 days with every product I launched. So I was very, very blessed in that department. Um, just that it was literally a thousand dollars that was it and then I just kind of kept reinvesting and then okay well I got some money now I'm going to set up a corporation I got a little bit more money now I'm going to set up a trademark and I got a little bit more money and then I started hiring people like you know incrementally adding these little things so that I can work on the business instead of in the business but I love that your daughter is doing that because that's really what it is it's like there's always an answer like always so just because you can't freaking figure it out right now doesn't mean you stop it means you keep asking questions Yes. <laughs> I find yes. people who can help give you direction where to go or what to do. And I love that. It's like there's no re like in honestly, like Facebook Marketplace, like dude, people are making killing off of Facebook Marketplace. Yes. You don't have to have a website. You don't have to pay a membership for like Amazon just to pay a monthly fee for that. Or you know what I mean? You don't have to really do anything. You just have to find stuff, put it up there, and freaking sell it. Like I literally helped a woman who was finding discounted brand new like kids clothes and shoes and da -da -da and whatever <clears throat> and so she was buying these things for pennies on the dollar you know like liquidations or whatever she put a little corner in her one of her rooms in her house and just stocked all the crap and she just kept loading it onto Facebook and just selling it locally and she literally was able to take the money that she made from that and help her put a down payment on a home like yeah. hello mm -hmm. <laughs> and it took her a while obviously to do that but there's, there's literally, there's no reason why you can't do something nowadays. Like technology is such a beautiful thing until it's not like this morning, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's just amazing what's available to us. And a lot of people like, what was me? It's like, no, like, let's, let's figure this out, man. Like there's so much opportunity out there. It's ridiculous. So I love Great. that your daughter's doing that. All the power to her. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Like when I had to switch gym locations, because uh, landlord didn't want to renew my lease, but now with COVID and the gym closures, it was probably a blessing in disguise. Because uh, you know the overhead was a little tough over there. But anyway, I, I digress. I sold a bunch of my stuff because where I was moving, like I didn't need all of it. So because I went back into a renting scenario. So anyway, but I sold all of it on marketplace, all of it, okay. including the go. flooring, the flooring, the turf. <laughs> I mean, everything, kickboxing bags, like all on Marketplace. Like within, I want to say two weeks, I sold all of it. Made, That's amazing. You know, right and you didn't have to pay any fees to do no. it. Nope. Right? That's nope. another thing people don't realize. There's no subtraction of fees or transaction fees or percentages or whatever it might be. <laughs> yep. That's so amazing. True. Two weeks. That's awesome. Well done. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, but so, you know, and that was just my point is that people, people are holding themselves back and with these false beliefs, you know, so like yeah. with everyone that I have on, 
Like everyone has always says that, you know, they got started before things were perfect. I mean, and that's that's the oh, key. Yeah. It, you have to start. You know, if you keep waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, next thing you know, you're going to be retirement age saying I should have. <laughs> you know, when you can just put your head down now and go. So what just give, give, me an, give me an example of how you would of how a million dollar company pivots with with Amazon. Like, what are they adding on? Yeah, that's a really great question. Really, at the end of the day, you know, I help e-commerce businesses proper positions position themselves online in order to increase sales and conversion rates. And there's obviously a lot of stuff that goes in behind that. But really, at the end of the day, Amazon is the largest marketplace in the world. I think everyone can agree with that now. And, you know, really, at the end of the day, even if it's not going to be your predominant distribution channel, you have to be there no matter what, because people use Amazon as a search engine. So if you nine times in 10, I want everyone, like anyone's watching this, I want you to think about how you actually work as a human being and what kind of works. You're in Facebook, you're scrolling around, then an ad pops up and this is an air curler. You're like, oh, this is interesting. You click on it, you go to some Joe Blow site, and you're like, mm, do I trust this site? Not too sure. I'm going to copy the title of this product. I'm going to go over to Amazon because we trust Amazon with our credit card. I'm going to look for that product. Now I'm going to look at all the bloody reviews, find the best one, the best price, and now I'm going to buy it. People trust Amazon with their credit cards right? Yeah. People are buying $1,000 a month worth of products, generally speaking. There's 4,000 products going out the door every minute. So wow. it is a place that you need to be on. And the reason why, like, the book and the movie The Secret was so successful when Dan ended up launching, the creators did not want to have it on Amazon. Like, they blew up. They're on Oprah and everywhere else, which is all great and dandy. But they're like, nah, we don't really need to be on Amazon. And it's like, you have to be there because there's proprietary tools that allow you to see what people are searching for. And if you know what people are searching for and you can deliver that, you're golden. But if everyone else is delivering it, then it's like, "Mm, now it's competition. But if no one else is delivering it, that's a hole in the market that you can very quickly fill and serve. And so that was a hole in the market. People were going to Amazon. They were searching for the book and the movie, The Secret, but there was nothing there. So again, even if it's not your main distribution channel, you have to be there because we know people are going to go there no matter what. And you know, you're going to be losing sales because you didn't just put up a bloody listing there. Appropriately and properly, obviously, yes, but <laughs> just being there. And because they end up um, put, launching and putting the products themselves on Amazon, that's what blew it up into the $350 million range. It's because people had easy access to it. So whether you're a small company or you're a larger company, there's rules of the game for being on Amazon. A lot of it's run by robots. Yes, you should definitely have a consultant to help you with the nitty-gritties of understanding those rules of engagement or whatnot. But once you kind of have the understanding, it's like anything else. Once you know how to ride a bike, you don't need anyone else to tell you how to ride a bike. Maybe how yeah. to do a better tricks of riding the bike, but you're good to go. So you get yourself on there. You make sure that you're optimized, you're properly positioned, your branding, messaging, positioning is consistent between all platforms because obviously with a NAMI channel effect, you want to make sure you're not creating any confusion with your consumer. But again, just being there allows you to, what I like to refer to as fishing for consumers. Because Amazon is a very dominant marketplace and a lot of people are there, which means of course there's a crap ton of competition. (laughs) So the people who have the larger budgets or people who have a larger audience or email list or whatever it might be, of course they're gonna get a little bit ahead of someone who doesn't have that. That's just the way the world works, but it doesn't mean you should stop, it just means you keep going, right? You're at a different point in your business life cycle than the other person is. But at the end of the day, being that Amazon fees keep kind of going up and everyone's like, I don't wanna pay those fees. Like, well, I want you to think about this. With the millions of shoppers that are going that are on Amazon, there's 150 million of them using just the app 
on their cell phone right now, okay? Which is kind of crazy. You want to think of it as a place to go fishing. It's a fishing hole. And being that Amazon doesn't disclose the customer information because the customer belongs to Amazon, you don't get their email addresses or anything along those lines, you have to, again, leverage it with a strategy specifically to find new customers on there because we know they're there. They're already buying the products. So why not buy your product compared to the next person? But create a customer retention strategy where when you find someone, when someone finds you and buys you on that platform, you have to give them a really great reason to bring them back over into your social profiles to capture them. Right. Mm. So really, you're creating this, you know, this circle effect for the most part. And we know that you have seven seconds attention span with people. We know that we have to hit people about seven times before they make an educated buying choice, generally speaking, because the time is not always ready right now, but maybe it is next week or a month from now or whatever. So you always have to constantly get in front of them. But if you end up creating this circle effect where you're getting them in the social profiles, you're getting in their email, and then you're always on Amazon, you know, at some point you're going to hit them seven times. They're going to end up purchasing for you. But the Amazon marketplace is a place you have to be, one, for recognition, two, for social proof, three, to prove that you are a legitimate company because, again, people trust their credit cards over there or whatnot. But you're using it to go fishing, to fill up your database, your social profiles, and your email list. And that's really all that you're doing for the most part is grabbing them and then moving them over. And that's the most important thing that most companies need to look at it as rather than getting bogged down like, oh, it's so expensive and all oh, the fees aren't so good and all oh, those robots and get kicked off for no reason. Yes, that's all true. But there's like, you know, molehills in every aspect of life and every part of our business. There's nothing different between that. So if you go into it with the right mindset and what you're going to get out of it, then it's amazing, right? But most people go into it thinking they're going to be a million dollar company overnight. It's like, mm, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> there's a few factors that you very well could because I have helped that. But generally speaking, no. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, it's like people just have to understand that, you know, the 7 billion people on the planet, you only need a handful. That's it. You know, at, at the end of the day, you really only need a handful depending on what, what your product is. Like if you're a coach with a, a high ticket item, you know, say if you have a $2,500 product and you only need to sell four a month and that's 10 grand a month, you know, just on four. So... Yeah. I mean, if you're selling something that's 10 bucks, then, then yeah, you're going to need, you're going to need a lot of customers out there. But just the point is whatever, whatever you're good at and whatever you can teach someone else to do, that's where, that's where things are going to blossom for you, you know? And that's like yeah. why, why I took the, my principles from my fitness business. And I was like, what I'm doing with, with my clients, like the same principles apply in business. No, like it's, it's the same yep. thing. You got to have a starting point. You got to have a clear, clear vision. You got to get rid of all the excuses. You know, you got to write a sustainable action plan. And then you got to assess your support system. And then you got to grind like hell till you win. You yep. know, so I was like, I, let me just take that and write something that can go wider. You know, instead of just being in fitness. Because like, remember earlier when I said when I was younger, I never said I wanted to be a famous fitness guy. And yep. I was like, that just, that wasn't my end all. So I was like, I just want to be, I, like, I want a global brand helping people tell their stories. Because no mm -hmm. matter where you live, no matter what age you are, what gender, what you identify as, what race, none of that stuff matters. Everybody has a story to tell. Everybody 100%. does. No matter what, what language you speak, like, it, none of that stuff matters. So I was like... I want to take those principles and create something that can affect that. 
you know, so I have that dialed in. So for the people at home, like what, what is it that you have inside that the outside world needs to hear? It's like, what is that? You know, and so sharing here with you, everything that, that you poured pour out, I hope the listeners really take it to heart and take some action on the things that they really want to accomplish in life. So if you could talk to, to that person that's on the fence, whether it's a business owner, mm. whether it's an individual, whether it's an overwhelmed mom, what would you tell that person to, to get them to take action? You know, really at the end of the day, oh my God, there's way too many things, but at the end of the day, for anyone who's trying to do anything, first and foremost, I would definitely want to make sure I highlight that there's no such thing as true balance with business and life. We hear that so much. You got to find your balance between you know, being a mom and being a business owner and being a wife and being like you yourself, or, you know, me, myself and I kind of thing. But really at the end of the day, there's so many different business models, just so many different lifestyles, just so many different places in the world that you live that have constricting or whatever. There's too many variable factors. The balance really is, is make the right choice for where you are right now. That's going to best serve you in the moment. That's the balance that you're looking for. It's not like this schedule waking up or doing this or whatever. If that works for you, then that's your personality and by all means. But it's just get rid of this whole notion that you have to have this life, business, career, balance kind of thing. Because putting or putting a pedestal up so high and, you, you know, you're trying to hit it and you keeps keep falling down, you're just, you're just really wearing yourself out. So let's just say screw the balance part and let's just focus on making the best choice for right now in this particular moment in this situation. The other aspect as well that I would I 100% always talk about is everyone wants to be motivated i want to be inspired i'm waiting for inspiration <laughs> i'm waiting to be inspired to do something i don't know what that is and i understand it i'm a hundred percent a creative individual i used to you know create handmade jewelry out of you know gold and gemstones and paint and you know make clothes the whole nine yards i'm a full-on creative individual so i get the concept where we do have to be tapped into the source the universe god whatever you want to call it in order to kind of get that connection and that that oh without thinking i totally get that part but really at the end of the day motivation doesn't happen in the way that people are expecting it to or in the way the movies talk about it or in the way that people have normal conversations all you need to do is take actual steps accomplish something because when you accomplish something the endorphins in your body automatically go off which you know goes into your brain and then therefore you feel good about it and then you're like Shh, i did it the motivation so really at the end of the day it's default to action if you don't really know what you're doing and you don't know what it is take one small tiny little goal it could literally be like putting the laundry away like i'm not kidding you something super freaking small write it down go off do that one thing literally just writing it down and like checking it off your list that one little motion actually does trigger the neurons in your brain to fire and wire and you get the endorphins going so it makes you feel freaking amazing and as soon as you have that one small goal, then you start realizing, oh, I did it. And that's when the motivation, the inspiration comes. And then you pick another small little goal, and then it just becomes a flywheel effect. And then the inspiration and motivation just kind of stays with you while you're in your zone and while you're connected to the source. And then when it kind of dissipates and it kind of goes away, be okay with it. You don't have to be running 100% all the time. Your body needs to rest. You need to look back on decisions that you made. You need to self-detect and correct and like, did I make the right choice? Did that lead me down the path that I wanted it to lead me on? Am I getting the results that I was looking for? And if none of those things really add up the way that you wanted, then go, why did I make that decision? Was this the best one? And then 
flip it. And then again, the next goal and then do it again. And then it's just like that flywheel effect. So at the end of the day, default to action. That's the number one thing. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And like in my, in my gym, I don't let people say the M word, the whole, oh, you know, I'm just not motivated. I'm like, I said, no, you just don't want it. You know, because when, yeah. when, when you want it, you, you take you take steps. When you don't want it, you don't. <laughs> you know, Definitely. so like I always say motivation, it's made up. So there has to be you're either disciplined or you're not disciplined. I'm like, right now, right. you're not disciplined. So let's take some steps so we can get you disciplined. And yeah. then that's your goal. So absolutely. 100%. I love that. And that's why I love athletes as entrepreneurs. Mm. It's like the number one thing, like that total correlation, that connection. I do honestly think athletes make some of the best entrepreneurs. There's a pro and a con to that statement, obviously. But really, at the end of the day, athletes, just like musicians, actually, they need to do something again and again and again and again and again. They're going to fall on their face. They're going to get back up and they have to go, was my elbow in the right spot? Was my knee in the right spot? Did I get that mm -hmm. jump shot? Did I get fast enough? Da -da -da. And you got to go and do it again. You got to get slapped in the face and lose. <laughs> and you have to go back out. And you got to do it and freaking again. And so yeah. when you take those skill sets and you go into business, because you're going to lose in business, you're going to fail a crap ton of times. It's a learning lesson. Take it as a learning lesson. You're going to have that muscle memory as we're talking about that failure muscle memory is going to help yeah. you, you know, strive and, and, and accomplish the goals that you want within business. So that's why I love the correlation between athletes and, and business. Yes, I had a former NFL athlete on. I think they were episode 41, I believe. And... So when he was doing his opening intro, he didn't even mention that, right? And so we're starting to, to move into the next topic. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, we're just going to gloss over the fact that you're a professional football player? And he's like, oh, well, you know, like I, I just tried to move past. I was like, no, dude, there's a journey there. I was like, yeah. There's a journey to get there. It's like there are kids who bust their tail all day long trying to get there, and they still don't make it. <laughs> so we yeah. want to talk about that process and how you made it because I said on that episode because it completely correlates to business completely does because like in business same thing just as you said you guys got, got to be willing to take take the punches as they come and you know you got to be willing to invest when you can't can't afford it like that that one I went to in Atlanta at that at that moment I, I really couldn't afford the, the three thousand dollars for that for that weekend and of course, no, you know, everyone's like, you're spending that much for a weekend. But let me tell you, it completely changed the way I speak. And I was a good speaker prior, but they taught me how to become a storyteller. So ah. it, it's completely changed me. So honestly, I, I would have paid 10 grand had I known it would have turned me into this. You know, so some, so sometimes we were so focused on the expense that we're not realizing that, you know, it's that butterfly get waiting, out of it. Waiting, waiting to blossom, you know? All right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. So, this was awesome. I, I feel like we could talk all day. I know. We totally <laughs> can. I don't shut up. Like, ask my husband. <laughs> I don't either. So. And now, I was, I was an, an elite athlete in high school. As good as I was, I was still voted most talkative in the superlatives. <laughs> I was like, that's what you guys remember me for? <laughs> oh my God, I love it. That's so awesome. Oh, you know, well, it's a good thing. <laughs> yes. All right, so how can people get in touch with you? 
that's a really great question. Uh, you can find me at um, thehiddenrulesexpert.com on Facebook, Amazon with Ashley, or The Hidden Rules Expert as well. Uh, Instagram, ashleyarmstrong.hiddenrules. And uh, I know we didn't really talk about it today, but my favorite thing to do with product companies is help them create product images that allow them to educate the customer in order to up their sales and conversion rates. If anyone is an e-commerce seller or selling anything online, really, at the end of the day, you can get my drag-and-drop templates. There's four of them for free from freeproductinfographic.com to help you uh, get yourself up and going and, and get those conversion rates going for you. So that's a little freebie for anyone who's looking to, you know, boost their conversions with their product listings. Say that last one again because it, it broke up a little. Oh, sorry. It's freeproductinfographic.com for four drag-and-drop templates for product listings. Awesome. Good. So we'll yeah. just have to have you back, back on again, and we'll, we'll talk about images and branding and all that stuff. Definitely. I love it. Sounds awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I love what you're doing and how you, like, totally broke the mold for me because I'm just like, wait a minute. And, like, I'm always, like, soundbiting. And, like, wait a minute. I'm totally going off on a tangent here. Oh, my gosh. i got to reel myself back in. But I really loved it. It was really amazing. This awesome. is probably the most I've actually shared um, on basically a podcast. So I appreciate you getting me out of my box a little bit. <laughs> my pleasure. Thank you for joining. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day, everybody. Bye. Take care. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com slash speaks on Instagram at Robert underscore B underscore Foster on Twitter at RBF underscore fitness and on Facebook at Robert B. Foster. Till next time, shut up and grind. to the point I used to shy away from messages on Facebook and like people would send me sales messages and I would be like you dumbass right and delete it like don't do that to me yeah. and now I'm like it is my world mission to teach people how to have a conversation like hello yeah. let's start yes. there right <laughs> so I'll respond and be like you know if I give you 15 minutes to talk about your product do I get to take 15 minutes to talk about mine Right? Like, how I would like I ever approach. know? How would I ever know whether your product's good for me if I don't say, hey, how are you? Yes. Right? Like, what yeah, do you need? That happened. I got two of those just today on, on LinkedIn. People, these long sales. Oh, and I just responded, I don't even know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> My like, coach. Let's start there. <laughs> so we talked about the type of coaches that you need. And I know we're running over and I'll stop hijacking yeah. your show in a second. No, but, no, that's cool. um, we were we were talking about the type of coaches you need. And my coach is very much like us, very much like no nonsense. She's a former veteran or I guess mm -hmm. there's not former veteran. She's a veteran. Um, and she'll tell people she'll message them and be like, why are you asking me to have your baby before you take me out for drinks? Yes, exactly. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, like why? Yeah. Even doing this show when I first started, because like I said earlier, people want to get to the good stuff, like in the first 10, 10 minutes, you know, it's like, you know, can I talk about my book? Can I talk about this? I'm like, can we talk yeah. about you? 
Like yeah. let them let them know, like there's still people on and we're 12, 12 minutes over. You know what I mean? Like and there's still Hi, people. people on. <laughs> so so it's like it's it's about letting them get to know that first half an hour, they're getting to know you. Mm-hmm. And then now that they're getting to know you, now they want to hear about what you're doing. Now they're exactly. like, who the hell is exactly. this person and why am I still here? No. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, Fahim, he 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 gave the first comment when we first started. And he's still engaged, you know, because it's about hearing that struggle. Like, that's what pu- pulls people in because he's probably going through some. He's probably going through through a shift. For him, if you want to be on the show, inbox me. I got you. Right. But but that's that's the power of it. And we can all learn from each other. Like, if we stop pointing the finger at everyone, oh, she thinks she's smart. Oh, he thinks mm-hmm. he's smart. It's like to switch it to what can I learn from them? Yeah. You know, it's like as I'm sitting here pouring out, I have a notebook full of notes of golden nuggets that you said, <laughs> you know, so it's like I'm learning, you know, as I'm helping to uh, inspire and educate others. So thank I you very much for being here. Um, give, a, give us a final word. How can pe- people get in touch with you? Yeah, the best way is going to be through the website that you see on the bottom, morethancorporate.com. I have um, some amazing stuff that's coming up that I'd be happy to talk to you about. My mission is to help people design the life that they have always wanted to have and get out of their comfort zone to have the courage to live it. If that sounds like something you need help with, book a call with me on my website. Love it. Awesome. So, so again, thank you very much. For, for those of you that, that have tuned in for the entire hour hour plus, thank you very much. Appreciate the support. Feel free to share the show. You know, reach out to Amber, have a conversation with her. And um, I'm that, definitely going to have you on again because I feel like we could keep talking. Like, even oh, we longer. could talk forever. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm going to have to book out extra time for my show when we talk because it is, it's going to be a good one. Awesome. Glad to hear it. All right, don't, don't sign out yet. All right, sounds good. All right, see you in a minute. All right, so here we got here. You've always been inspirational, big dogs. Especially when you told Charles Oakley, you make him look small. Yes, he's referring to I was on uh, Pros versus Joes with him back in 2007, and uh, Charles Oakley, a professional basketball player, I had the opportunity to talk smack to him before I got knocked out by Ricky Williams. But anyways, I digress. All right, so again, this was this was an amazing show. So I know a bunch of people just signed on now, but we're we're bringing it down. But definitely go back. Watch the replay. It's on my Facebook page. It's on YouTube. It'll be uploaded to anchor.com as well. And you wanna you wanna hear this. this. This is good stuff. So if you're struggling with defining what your own success is, this is the episode for you. So again, thank you to Amber for joining the show. And let's cue the outro. So this Sunday, I am not here this Sunday because I'm traveling, going to North Carolina to finally write my book that's been 10 years in the making. That's going to be titled, Shut Up and Grind. All right, so, but I, while I'm away, I will be broadcasting on Tuesday and Wednesday. Okay, so those two shows are happening. Just Sunday's show is not. So again, thank you guys very much. Take care. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. 
To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com slash speaks on Instagram at Robert underscore B underscore Foster on Twitter at RBF underscore fitness and on Facebook at Robert B. Foster. Till next time, shut up and grind.